volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello and welcome to season two of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching and leadership development firm based in Boulder, Colorado, helping people transform into confident leaders. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coach Metrics, a cloud-based tool we developed to help measure behavioral change in executive coaching and leadership development. Thanks for joining me today to talk about the future of leadership. This week, I had the opportunity to work with two executive teams. Our focus in this work was to improve trust and to create an environment where people see each other as they truly are. Because when there's trust and authenticity, we tend to give each other the benefit of the doubt and we engage in the conversations that are most consequential for the organization. So in this work with these executive teams, we did an exercise where each leader shared some of their personal backgrounds and challenges that they've been through and persevered through. And the stories were incredible, from dealing with loss of loved ones to living with alcoholism. And as the stories emerged, so did the true human beings. So did the connectedness, the community, and the trust. My guest today is a leader who has helped shape work environments that allow for people's stories to be told and then woven into the collective culture. Her name is Courtney Graham. My business partner, Barry Shapiro, and I had the good fortune of meeting Courtney years ago while on an executive coaching and leadership development engagement when Courtney was vice president of people operations at ReadyTalk. Courtney now leads people operations at Four Winds Interactive a global technology company headquartered in Denver, Colorado. Courtney's responsible for the overall human resources strategy, including talent management, leadership development, diversity, organizational design, and cultural development, employee education, compensation, and benefits, and employee relations. In 2013, Courtney was awarded the Colorado Sherm Summit Award, a prestigious statewide award that recognized her outstanding contributions as a strategic, human resource management leader. Outside of the office, Courtney is a blogger and a personal coach who helps people find meaningful work. Courtney was Mrs. Colorado 2012 and has been a keynote speaker at various charity events, including many Susan G. Komen Race for Cure opening ceremonies. So in this interview today, we're going to hear from Courtney and how Her fellow team members and her and other leaders at Four Winds Interactive have listened to each other's stories, have allowed for people's voices to be heard, and have actively worked to create a people-first culture. Let's go to the interview now. Well, welcome, Courtney. Uh, I'm very excited to have you on the show today because part of 
what we're doing in this season of the podcast is really about alignment and not just around strategies and, and priorities, but also around culture. And I know you've done some amazing work, both in your past roles and your current role as chief people officer around culture and around aligning and, and creating healthy workplaces. So I'm excited. I know our listeners are, are going to get a, a ton of value from this conversation today. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start at a macro level. I love to ask my guests what you're noticing, what they're noticing in the workplace. Trends, what you see in terms of maybe things that are happening even in our society that are then impacting work and and leaders at work. So just at a high level, we'd love to see and, and hear from you. What are you noticing out there? Mm-hmm. Gosh, well, especially in the Denver and Boulder area, it's such a growing, this growing tech hub that there are so many amazing places to work. So one, the environment for getting talent, attracting and retaining talent has become more and more fierce. And mm-hmm. it's something that we're going to, you know, it's, it's kind of always been a challenge, but I think more than ever, it's becoming a bigger challenge. And so, you know, really thinking about how you're tackling that strategy internally, but also how you're leveraging other companies in the community to really build that synergy to create an attractive city and an attractive state for talent to want to come here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, we've heard from a number of our guests, how much of a challenge this is, not just domestically, but globally, there's a tight Mm -hmm. labor market. As you think about leaders at maybe any level, how can they be helping out with the talent management strategy uh, in any work environment? Mm -hmm. You know, well, first of all, I think regardless of your position in the company and regardless of what part of the organization you're responsible for, Mm -hmm. one thing that we all care about is building a great place to work and more importantly, retaining your top performers. And so I think that at the forefront is something that we all pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. You've had a lot of experience with best places to work. I think at ReadyTalk, you did quite a bit of, had a lot of success with that in your past uh, past work. Yeah, ReadyTalk was a great place to work um, mm-hmm. and consistently won, you know, best places to work. And, and that was definitely a collaborative effort, you know, starting yeah. with the most senior leader there and, and trickling down to make it really part of our core values. Um, and also at Four Winds, where I'm currently at, it's a big thing that's really important to us and something that we worked really hard at over the past few years. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So this sort of this first theme or this first trend that you're seeing, which is around how do you attract and then retain talent in such a competitive market, especially in the Denver Boulder area, as you mentioned, what else are you noticing? What other trends? You know, one thing from a, from a human resource standpoint, and also just from a people and culture perspective, I think it's really important to be intentional about what you're trying to create. Mm. I think a lot of times the people and culture aspect can be kind of like seen as fluffy or less important. And so one thing that I know makes a company successful is when you can align that people and culture strategy with the business and growth strategy and right up front, make sure that those executive priorities are just dovetailed into Mm. all of the work that you're doing around people and culture. 
so I can give you some examples. Of yes, that'd be when great. When I first came to Four Winds, one of the most important things I think is to do a listening tour, right? So to make sure that you're really understanding what the people in your company are saying. Also understanding what's important to the leadership and then aligning that with your growth strategy. And so that that's one thing that we did at Ready Talk. We've done it four wins. And then more specifically, once you have those clear objectives, one way I think is really easy to organize that strategy is in three pillars. And so looking mm -hmm. at it from a recruitment perspective, you know, mm -hmm. how are you attracting and branding not only your product, but your people and your culture so that you're noticeable, right? right. To, the, to the community and you're attractive. And then, you know, there's several things underneath that. And then once you have all these great people, how do you continuously keep them engaged? Mm -hmm. And also how do you identify your top performers and really understand what they think and feel about the company? And then how do you grow and develop? That would be the third pillar, right. know, growth and development. And so I think having a very clear strategy and kind of roadmap for your people and culture and then constantly checking in and reevaluating and course correcting when needed um, mm -hmm. because we also are in this constant environment of change. Yes. Yeah. So it all starts with that the alignment of the people and culture mm -hmm. to the larger organizational strategy. Right. Yeah. I read in a blog post that you had out on LinkedIn on your listening tour, you asked mm -hmm. some really interesting questions. Yeah, when you're that on was... the listening tour. <laughs> what what were some of those questions? So there really were three questions. I was really intentional about meeting. I wanted to meet with every employee in the company. Mm -hmm. And yep. at that time we had about 400 employees. And so I had to get creative on how to do that. <laughs> so right. we right. did it. That, that's a lot of meetings. Too. It is. So we did it through in, in focus group style. And nice. some of that was virtually and some of that was in person. And I asked three questions. One was, what attracted you to Four Winds and why do you mm -hmm. stay? Mm -hmm. uh, the second one was, what's missing? You know, what would cause you to, to return a phone call from a recruiter? Right. And the third... Very um, provocative question, by the way. Right. And, yeah. and people were so honest and transparent with their answers. We got a lot of good data there. And mm -hmm. then the third one is if you were hired to be head of people and culture, what would be your number one priority? Oh, I love it. And so based off of that, along with interviews with the executive team and leadership team and understanding the growth strategy of the company, that's how we crafted our people strategy. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing to put together goals and a strategy and a roadmap, but the other key thing is communicating it and right. creating that transparency and also energy around it. And so we did some really fun things in our communication. I think that's mm. another trend. Um, you mentioned, yeah. you know, what do I think is most important for people to pay attention to? It's how do you get people behind where the company is going? Not just, you know, the business strategy, but also make the connection of how they fit into that. Right. That's really, really critical. Yeah. So that whole topic of uh, communication and transparency has been really important to you. Mm -hmm. How else do you create that mechanism for communication or transparency, mm -hmm. either at Four Winds or in any other organization? You know, I think it's really important to think about how people like to give and receive information. 
Yeah. And as we mature as a society and as we introduce different younger generations, we do need to think differently about how people, you know, pay attention Mm. and get excited. And so I think it's a variety of ways. You know, one thing that I think is really successful is pulling the whole company together and, you know, doing a company kickoff at Four Winds. We do that twice a year. We do one in January talking about the year forward and then one mid-year to just promote that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, progress. Also having monthly, like large communication uh, town halls. And when I say a town hall, I don't mean like a boring... You know, like right. like state of the union. I yes. mean something energizing, like put fun around it, put themes around it, make there be a reason why people would want to come to it. One mm. of the things that, that we implemented in our monthly meetings is this concept of the voices of FWI. And so we have people volunteer to come up for five minutes and we actually work with them ahead of time to craft their speech or their story and mm-hmm. they tell their story. And mm. it may or may not even tie into what where the company is going, but where it does tie into is building community and building relationships. Yes. Yeah. And also creating a place of vulnerability. Mm. And we the stories that some of our employees have mentioned would blow your mind. I mean, we had someone who was homeless, you wow. know, three years prior and talked about his turnaround. I mean, things like that make people engaged, right? Mm. And like and want to build relationships. So that's kind of more at like the mass level, but also thinking about you know, this concept of push and pull. So when we think of the, not just millennial generation, but Gen Z and the future of work, people really want that flexibility of working wherever, whenever, from whatever device they want. And they want to be able to have meaningful information pop up and communicate to them, right? On on its own. (laughs) And they also want to be able to pull information that's meaningful to them. So I think mobile apps are a big part of communication in the future, along mm-hmm. with things that we're already using like Slack and text. But you know, really kind of constantly thinking about how do people want to communicate? I know in the recruiting world, it's no longer just Instagram. It's like Snapchat, which by the way, is not intuitive to me. <laughs> My kids right. use it. It's like, <laughs> this is not, I feel really old here. But you know, just constantly keeping up with the trends and then how does your business And how does your communication style link with that? Yeah. That's going to be critical. Yeah, absolutely. Your senior leaders are probably smart, talented, and results-oriented individuals. We also know the hidden costs when those driven leaders don't have healthy and aligned relationships. They lack trust, avoid productive conflict, and end up revisiting decisions over and over again. Teamwork at the top should not be this hard. And the changing landscape of business with disruptive technologies, culture shifts, and new demands require that leadership teams move faster. At 512 Solutions, we don't run fluffy team building programs. Our holistic and proven process integrates the best of team coaching, individual executive development, assessments, and evidence-based measurement to create sustainable results where we raise the consciousness level of both the individual and the team. Check out how our executive team development programs can help you create an aligned, agile, and more human workplace and executive team. You can find out more information at www.512solutions.com. 
Let's go back to our interview now. Well, there's so, there's so much there. I, I, I've sat through so many all-hands meetings where the senior leader stands up, asks a question, and then you can hear a pin drop. Right. So right. I love what you're doing. But to me, we were talking earlier before the recording about creating a more human work environment. And mm -hmm. there's something so powerful about the connection that's being made when someone stands up and, and tells their story and, and the vulnerability that, that then creates the safety for people to have a sense mm -hmm. of certainty or a deeper sense of connection and community. These are fundamental needs that we all have and right. they drive engagement productivity as well. So very cool to hear some of those creative things that you're doing around around your all hands and, and how you how you communicate to the large group and then the mobile apps and and giving people information as they need it. Mm -hmm. I think I agree as someone who just turned 50, um, <laughs> you know, staying relevant is it's really important to uh, to keep up with what's happening. It is. You know, one thing that I forgot to mention earlier that has been really beneficial for us mm -hmm. is thinking about gamification. And so yeah. one of the things we introduced as part of our onboarding program is we, we created an internal app called uh, Fast Start. And so nice. creating assignments and contests and communicating through this app has been really, really well received. And yeah. also as a way to, you know, confirm learning mm -hmm. um, as, we're, as we're putting people through essentially a two-week onboarding and boot camp process. So I think gamification is, you know, another another thing to think about. Very cool. So we've, we've talked um, uh, about culture in the past and you've done so much to, to help drive healthy cultures in all the organizations that you, that you work with. How do you use that gamification process to reinforce culture and values and things that are important at Four Winds? Mm -hmm. We do it in a variety of ways. One of the cool things, and one, there's so many cool things that we've been doing, um, but one of them, it's an app around engagement, but there's different mm. things that mm -hmm. um, we can populate. So one might be a picture of my pet, my lab. And so it'll, right. say, it'll show a picture of my dog and it'll say, I belong to Courtney Graham chief people officer. And so when people see that, they're, you know, they might say, oh, I have a lab too. And that's a connection. Another mm -hmm. way that we've done it is um, people can go in. So our product is cloud-based. People can go in yeah. and say, okay, here's two things that I'm really good at. And here's one thing I want to learn. And so mm. I think thinking of different things that are going to spark people's attention and create connection that inadvertently is going to be tied to productivity and engagement yeah. in the workplace. Because yeah. at, at a, you know, first glance, you might think, well, why would we waste time showing someone's pet <laughs> or right. showing a hobby or introducing yes. my favorite restaurant? But those things all, you know, will eventually create this community that mm -hmm. can build relationships that people want to be part of. Yeah. And it builds on the story that you right. heard earlier. Um, I, I was running an executive team session yesterday and part of what we do in that session is we tell some of our own personal histories and our own personal stories. And, and one of the questions that I have is, what's been a challenging experience that you've had in your life that you've really worked through and, and persevered mm -hmm. through? And it's unbelievable what people share and what they tell. 
And at the end of that exercise, inevitably, people understand each other at a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. And there is a deeper sense of connection and community by going there and by sort of pulling off some of those layers. And the experience that I've had is regardless of environment, whether it's in high tech or whether it's with coal miners, like, you know, Mm -hmm. rough and gruff people, people want to actually get vulnerable and they want to be more real and authentic in the workplace. So I Mm -hmm. hear a lot of that in, in the work that you're doing and just seeing who people are outside of the actual workplace. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Courtney, you've also done some really unique things around employee engagement. Tell us about some of those initiatives. You know, I think most companies think of employee engagement and measuring it by this concept of doing an annual engagement survey, right, Mm -hmm. through a third-party vendor. And what I found is while that information is relevant and it is good, it's a snapshot in time and it doesn't really give you good data that's frequent and it's relevant. And so one of the things that we've implemented, and this is definitely a trend in the workplace, is the concept of the employee net promoter score, Mm -hmm. very similar to the customer-facing NPS score or measurement. And the question we ask is, would you recommend Four Winds as a great place to work? And as you know that or as you you probably Love know, it. that range goes from a negative 100 to a positive 100. Mm-hmm. We have seen over 900% growth in our engagement score since wow. we implemented this to wow. where we are today. And of course, that's going to fluctuate. That score is going to fluctuate based on what's happening sure. in the company. And we send that out on a quarterly basis. But mm-hmm. more importantly than just having the number and that measurement, really being able to add a space for commentary and then having Mm -hmm. a way of looking at that commentary and being able to pull together themes and feedback. And then more importantly, being able to drill down into different parts of the organization. So Mm -hmm. we send that survey out internally on a quarterly basis. Based on that, we give each leader in the company their score along with their commentary that we've already broken into themes. And then one thing that I think is a real differentiator from what we've done and what we're doing with that data is we're also then working with those leaders to create action plans Mm. and giving them tools and strategies to sit down with their teams and have a meaningful conversation around how their team is feeling, the things that are missing from their work environment and the things that are going well and paying attention to that data. So that's something that I think if you take the time and, and put in the right process to do, the return on investment for that is huge. And, yeah. and you know, it's not just a kind of a macro level of engagement, but really being able to understand which leaders are effective and then tracking, being really, and we don't use it as an evaluative tool. We use it as mm-hmm. a development tool mm. so that we can really sit next to these leaders and work with them in partnership to really increase that engagement level. Yeah, it's really impressive. I've seen so many organizations run that typical annual engagement survey and then not do any follow-up. And, right. and people are, are like, well, here we go, management's flavor of the month again. And what's happening with all that data? So mm-hmm. the fact that there's, it's happening on a regular basis sounds mm-hmm. like it gives you a better pulse of what's happening in the organization than an opportunity for leaders to do something about it. Right. And, and so that's, you know, 
that's one of the things we do. I think another thing that's really critical is really being intentional about this concept of workforce planning and yes. really being, you know, proactive about looking at the next 12 to 18 months forward mm-hmm. and then looking having a system to evaluate your talent to understand yeah. if you have the right people in place and then once you identify that piece of it understanding how you're going to really engage with those high performers right and very proactively and purposefully retain them and mm-hmm. push them right so mm-hmm. that they're they're really stretched in a really motivating way yeah and then you know very purposefully also kind of shine a light on those yeah. people and put you know programs and things in place to retain those individuals mhm yeah pretty amazing i was reading in some of your notes uh, ahead of this call about your talent philosophy and it mm-hmm. being simple and because oftentimes when i hear about employee engagement there can be this assumption that the responsibility is on the the company right and i, and I think i think that's a slippery slope i think the employee has as much responsibility to be engaged mm-hmm. and productive and happy and satisfied at work as the employer does to create the right environment tell us about your talent philosophy mm-hmm. Yeah. It's around partnership. Right. It's really simple. It's um you know our talent philosophy is that you are 100% responsible for your career yeah. and we are 100% responsible for creating an environment where you can grow and learn. Mm. And you know we talk a lot during that new employee orientation process which is essentially a two week process but then also on an ongoing basis. Right. That this is a partnership. you know we we are going to create a safe learning environment with lots of opportunity and mm-hmm. it's your job to be aggressive about it you know and right. to, and, to, and so um we've also implemented kind of a it's not a traditional uh performance development plan mm-hmm. but it's one that we have found has been pretty mean, meaningful and mm-hmm. so one helping people articulate and understand what excellence looks like in their role the job right. you know they were hired to do and then aligning that with this concept of a sweet spot so you know thinking about what your strengths are what the organizational needs are and then what your passions are and and really you have to have all three to have mm. a sweet spot right so if it's you know i'm yeah. passionate about it and it's a strength well but there's no org need that's really probably right. a hobby <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and then if it's a strength mm-hmm. and it's an org need, but gosh, I hate doing it. That's mm-hmm. probably, you know, a chore, which in some right. jobs, you know, we all have moments of that. But really trying to be intentional about having that conversation with employees, specifically our top performers, understanding what is that sweet spot? How does it align with excellence in your role? Right. And then we also focus on three things after that. So then goals, you know what does success look like and let's put it into something measurable that we can mm-hmm. talk about on a regular basis. Yeah. The second one is around relationships and I think that is just so critical that people are mindful about and intentional about their relationships because you can have a great resume, go to a great school, get the yes. job, but we all know that in order to get promoted, it's really about relationships that you're building. It is. Yeah. Um and so we focus a lot on that and also create some opportunities for that to just happen organically in our company. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is on new learnings and really trying mm. to think about, you know, new learning is not necessarily like I want to go to a conference, right? It's more about 
gosh, I'm in human resources, but I'd really like to learn more about product. In fact, I might even eventually want to make a, a career transition. So maybe there's a, a cross-departmental team that I could get on. So really thinking about it differently yes. I think has been um, really, really beneficial. Mm-hmm. One of the trends that I've seen across many of our clients is a theme around always be learning. Mm-hmm. And to realize that the work that we do on a day-to-day basis is the best opportunity to learn. And it's, it's not a formal training program necessarily, or even a formal mentorship program or anything like that. But to see that the work that we're doing every day is the opportunity to mm-hmm. always be learning. How often does that development planning process happen for you? Yeah, I found it to be most successful when it's it's established on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. So looking at you know the next twelve months out, but then talking about it every quarter. Yeah. So you know I've got these annual larger objectives, but mm-hmm. I'm going to then break it down for the next three months. Right. And talk with my manager about what does excellence look like over the next three months Mm -hmm. and what specifically should I be working on and what are the measurable outcomes and then revisiting it. You know, you, you wouldn't just then not talk about it again at all (laughs) for the next three months, but that, you know, kind of chunking it into those quarterly goals I have found be really effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And have you found that there? Like how much system or structure needs to be in place so that your leaders see these really important conversations as ongoing conversations versus just that annual conversation? Mm-hmm. This In the different organizations I have been in, this has always been a challenge mm-hmm. because, you know, I think in the traditional sense, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to fill out this form and we're going to have this conversation and then we're going to get totally right. occupied with the day-to-day and forget about it. Right, <laughs> and I, exactly. I, that is why those goals have to be super relevant. And so I think making that shift that these aren't just like lofty goals that don't really matter to my about, you know, don't matter day to day. These are things that actually matter. Like if Mm -hmm. I don't get these, if we don't get these things done, there's going to be some issues. And so I think that's a really important thing to establish is the, the credibility of those goals. And the way we, I've seen it done different ways. One, it's like, it's mandatory for every single person in the company. Right. I really don't think it should be to that level. I think one mm-hmm. thing sh- that should be mandatory is that every single person in this company understands what excellence looks like in their role. Mm-hmm. But then where I've seen this be more meaningful is when you focus on your top, your top performers, the people that you, and use it as an engagement tool and a retention yeah. tool. Yeah. And that way it is, you know, I love meeting with my top performers on my team. It's exciting. It's energizing. Usually mm-hmm. when I leave that meeting, I feel full right. in a good way. <laughs> yes. And so I think working with your leadership team on identifying who are those top performers, what are you doing to retain them? What kinds of conversations are you having? And by the way, you have to leverage this tool of having, mm-hmm. you know, having a professional development plan and teaching them how to do it in a way that's engaging and effective. And then working with those employees so that this is where the partnership thing is, right? So that they're taking responsibility for it 
you know, I've found that it's, it's a lot more effective to put it on the employee. Hey, you know, schedule this meeting for me with me every three months, have it reoccurring, Mm. make it for an hour and a half and label it my professional development conversation. Love it. And then here's the things I want you to come prepared for to that meeting. I want you to, you know, revisit this document that we've looked at. I, I prefer it to be a shared document so that that way it's a living document that you mm-hmm. can track. If you have an app to use, that's even better. But put it on the employee to schedule those meetings and also to lead the conversation. And I found that that is really energizing for those employees and yeah. especially your top performers. They're super eager about getting time with you and you know talking about their future and how they can contribute and bringing different ideas to the table. Mm-hmm. But I do think it takes some work up front to really work with those leaders and the employee base. We do trainings for the whole company. We have a podcast on it as well. Like, how do I drive my career? Um, And so that that way people can take it into their own hands. And we really, really drill that in when someone comes into our company. This is important Mm -hmm. to us. And here's how the partnership works. Yeah. Well, there's such a deeper level of ownership and commitment that Mm -hmm. that would happen. I would guess when when employees are really taking the responsibility for their own career and right. those small steps of commitment that you're asking them to take to get these meetings on the calendar, drive your own career, think about the questions and the concerns that you have and bringing those into, the, into that quarterly meeting. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. One last question, Courtney, and we'll start to wrap up. Using artificial intelligence, how have you seen that impact culture and the environment, recruiting? What are you noticing out there today? Mm-hmm. Well, leveraging AI is a huge trend and it's going to continue to be a huge trend as we, yeah. as we move forward. One way that we have been leveraging this is to think about tasks that are administrative that could be outsourced to artificial intelligence that would actually make the employee experience better. Mm. And so one way that Forwinds is using it is where we just implemented this concept of text recruit. And so we're implementing it in the recruitment sector of our business. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, Sal, if you were coming to interview here, let's say you had an interview tomorrow at 9 a.m., you might get a text that says, hey, Sal, we're really looking forward to your interview tomorrow. Here's a link to our parking instructions. Oh, and by the way, do you like coffee, tea, or water? And so that way you're feeling like, wow, how nice of this recruiter yes. at Four Winds to reach out to me <laughs> and right. ask me what I'd like to drink in the morning. <laughs> you know? And so it. it's the, the skill gap that it's closing is it's building a relationship with the candidate and kind of easing some anxiety and providing them Mm -hmm. some information before they even get to the company where the recruiter might just be totally overwhelmed. And while they might have every intent to reach out to that candidate ahead of time, it may slip away. And so that's one really simple way that we're thinking about AI. Mm -hmm. And I get really excited and energized to think about other ways that we could use that as well. I'll take coffee. Great. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, this has been incredibly insightful. Uh, amazing how quickly, you know, 25, 30 minutes goes by with you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. 
You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.